It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. My next guest, uh, Jennifer Carnahan, is a candidate for Minnesota's first district. Uh, their primary uh, will occur in May, on May 24th. Uh, it's a special election, general election. Uh, on August 9th, uh, she's replacing uh, or seeks to replace her husband who tragically passed from cancer. Uh, she was chair of the Minnesota State GOP. They were successful in flipping three congressional seats and from a financial perspective, doing better for the party structure, eliminating some uh, somewhere around a million dollars in debt during her tenure from two. 2017 to 2021. So quite a bit there, Jennifer. Uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Uh, thank you for having me. First, I'll say this, and having dealt with these situations before, uh, you know, I, I'm always uh, cautious when I see a wife or a husband looking to replace, when one looks to replace the other in a seat and in a special election. But in this case, having looked into your background, uh, you have a fair amount of political experience, as I just mentioned, some of uh, this in the former chair of the Minnesota State Police, uh, State GOP. Maybe you were head of the police, too, but I think we'll just stick <laughs> with the GOP uh, and business experience. So let's dive right into this. First of all, my condolences uh, uh, Certainly no way to sum up a tragedy is losing your your mate, your husband. But why get into this to replace him? You know, when I stepped into politics for the first time ever in 2016, it was because I was personally inspired to action. You know, I've been a Republican and a conservative my entire life, and I got tired of just sitting on the sidelines waiting to vote. Uh, every election cycle. And I wanted to get more involved and have more of a voice in our process and helping to build, grow and strengthen the Republican Party. I spent most of my career working in corporate America, climbing the ladder in marketing and strategy. So I worked for several different Fortune 500s in Minnesota. And then I took the leap away from that corporate America safety net and opened my own small business. And it was when I was making that transition that I found out, you know, how difficult it is with regulations and burdens and taxes in a different way. And that's what really propelled me to get involved. And also, just I'm not sure if you know about my background, but the day that I was born, um, I was found abandoned next to a garbage dumpster outside of a hospital in South Korea. And five months later, my life changed when my parents adopted me and I forever became a Minnesotan and proud American. So I've always seen the United States as a land of opportunity. I love this country with all my heart, and it scares me to see the direction the left is trying to move America into the socialist takeover. And what we have that is so special about our country is our freedoms and that anyone, no matter what their beginnings, can truly live the American dream. And to me, that's always worth fighting for, and that's why I got in this race. My guest, Jennifer Carnahan, a candidate for Minnesota's first district in a special election. Uh, her website, Jennifer Carnahan for Congress.com, all spelled out. I want to go to something in this story, and that is 
how you dealt with and how you led the party to relieve itself of a million dollars in debt uh, in Minnesota. How did you do that? Yeah, I mean, when I came in and I was elected as chairwoman for the Republican Party of Minnesota in 2017, I beat out three very established, well-known, highly placed political figures in our state and one on the fourth ballot. I came in as a political outsider with no experience or knowledge, but because of my business background, like President Trump, I just put my nose to the grindstone, rolled up my sleeves, and went to work. Uh, we worked really hard on selling a strategy and a vision for the Minnesota GOP where we would widen our tent, where we would target strategically voters across the state and put together a strategic plan and presentation, no different than I did in corporate America. And the money came flowing into the party from individual donors, from transfers. And we raised over $20 million in the four years that I was chair, which allowed us to pay off the million dollars in debt just three years after I took over and allowed us to become a targeted state in the 2020 presidential and help not only flip three congressional seats from blue to red, but win back more seats in the Minnesota state legislature, uh, giving us a, a thinner margin in the Minnesota house where we're in the minority by just a handful of seats and kept us in the majority in the Minnesota Senate. So I believe we're, I think the only state in the country or one of the only states in the country with divided government at the legislative level, and I think that is important for all the work we did. And so that's the work ethic and the commitment and the values that I want to bring out to Washington to help continue to fight for Minnesotans. In the primary field, I believe you have 10 candidates uh, opposing you on the Republican side. We'll talk about the, uh, the Democrat side in a moment. Uh, but obviously running for the seat, uh, running against you, uh, is the party structure such uh, in Minnesota now, based on what you've told us especially, is it such that when the primary is over, it, there, will be un there will be a united effort behind the chosen candidate? Well, we certainly hope so. There absolutely should be a united front because this seat is too important to Republicans on a national level and also in our state to lose. You know, my husband worked for seven or eight years when no Republican wanted to run for this seat, right, because it was in Democrat hands. Um, he didn't have support from national or outside groups, and he just went out there and worked and worked and worked because he believed so hard in fighting for the values of this country and he flipped this seat in 2018, one of only two Republicans in the entire country, to accomplish such a feat during what was a very difficult midterm for Republicans all over the nation. And now that he's made this seat red through his hard work and commitment, of course, everybody else is jumping into the race and they want their bite at the apple. But if, if our party does not coalesce and come together after this primary on May 24th, we're just setting ourselves up for difficulty for the general election, because the special election is on August 9th to fill the remainder of my husband's term, but then the primary for the general election is also on August 9th. So the best thing we can do as a party is come together and ensure we hold the seat and then fight to get Republicans back in the majority in Congress nationally in November. 
So let's take this to the next step. And since you already brought up the nexus of the general for the special election in the primary for the November general election, uh, Democrats have targeted this seat. They want it back. No surprise there. Uh, So there needs to be that unity. And that's why I asked about it. Uh, On the Democrat side, uh, even during the primary uh, for the seat, Uh, They are pouring in a lot of money. I see outside money coming in for a few of the candidates. Uh, How what's it what's the environment like with the Democrats in the special election? And and given that it's important for them to have a strong showing then to demonstrate to their base that, hey, November is coming and we can take it back. I think that the Democrats are going to, in general, have a hard time taking the seat back because I think that America is waking up to the reality that Joe Biden is unfit to lead our nation. And it's beyond time we take that gavel out of Nancy Pelosi's hands. And so I do believe this is going to be a wave election towards our direction in November. Now, of course, the Democrats are going to spend money. That's what they do. And they've been spending money in this seat for the past three election cycles because obviously they were trying to block and prevent my husband from getting elected when he did in 2018. But they fell short in 2018, which was a wave year for them. And they fell short once again in 2020. When I work across this district every single day, what we are hearing from voters at the door, from people in the community, is that they want to see the seat in Republican hands. So we know the Democrat machine will pour in the money, but sometimes money isn't enough, right? Sometimes it's where the country is going, what inspires people to action, and the values that they want to stand behind, not only for the district, but also the country. So we can't ever take our eye off the Democrats, but I think if we continue to run a strong race and coalesce as a party, we are going to beat them, not only in August, but also in November. My guest, Jennifer Carnahan, candidate from Minnesota's 1st District, former chair of the state party, and a successful chair at that. One of the issues here, Jennifer, is voter turnout and special elections, uh, unfortunately and traditionally, have lower voter turnout. Uh, When it comes to your district and voter registration, uh, kind of, I don't know if it's handicapped the horse races, they say, or what does it look like? Because in a low voter turnout situation, this does become a tighter race. I think there will be lower voter turnout for sure for the primary on May 24th. And what our campaign is focused on is getting out there in the field and talking to voters every single day, you know, high propensity primary voters to make sure that they show up to vote. Um, And that is our main strategy and priority right now. I don't think the voter turnout will be as low in a special for August 9th, because in Minnesota, that also happens to be the day of the primary in Minnesota for the general election. And because we have a very heated and spirited governor's race, especially on the Republican side with the number of candidates there, I think there is going to be very high turnout, especially if we end up in a primary race on the Republican side. So, you know, it's all a numbers game. It's who can get more people out, more people to vote for them. And that's what we're focused on and targeting. And then I have no doubt that we'll see strong turnout in August and November. 
We'll be talking again, but let's take on an issue that ties into this, and that is election integrity. Uh, it, it, as someone who's a former chair of the party, uh, it, it's also an appropriate question on having both poll watchers and challengers, attorneys, people available uh, as the election process plays out, as people go to the ballot box. Uh, not only within your race and your district, but as a state party, is Minnesota ready to to react, to act if necessary, or react to any irregularities at polling locations? Yeah, so in, in the 2020 election cycle, when I was party chair, we ran one of the most comprehensive election integrity election day operations in our party's history. You know, the left in our state had been doing the same things that they were doing in other states where they have Democratic leadership in those statewide offices. They were trying to take advantage of the pandemic to loosen election protections here in Minnesota. They tried to introduce ballot harvesting in our state. They attempted to eliminate the witness signature requirement on absentee ballots. They attempted to administer our 2020 presidential primary entirely by mail. They wanted to accept ballots beyond Election Day. We intervened in a number of those lawsuits and and won a couple of those rulings, which was very important. But on top of that, I went further. And after the 2020 election, I formed a very comprehensive election integrity team of over 100 grassroots voices and party leaders to work in different areas to ensure our elections in Minnesota would be secure specifically for this election and moving forward. And so that team is now operating uh, independently outside of the Minnesota GOP party structure, but they're doing great work driving all over the state, training people, recruiting people, educating people, and more election integrity groups are popping up in different counties across Minnesota. So I am confident with the work that this organization is doing and with the education that we've been doing from not only when I was chair to what I've been doing since is that we have a full-fledged effort to take on any rampant irregularities or efforts by the left to, you know, do what they did in 2020, which is to try to play games with with the election processes in the state. We simply cannot allow that to happen. Well, that is an important part of this entire process, as you and I know, and I'm glad to hear that there is a a, uh, a on the, an on the ground effort rather to do this. Right, let me get one more in here, Jennifer, on on agriculture. You know where we are today: the disruption, supply chain issues, fertilizer concerns. You're in also an agricultural district, and you know agriculture is a business as well as a necessary business because while a small amount of people grow the food 100 percent of us eat the food so in your district and on the agricultural issues uh what are your key points look i think that president joe biden declaring war on domestic oil production when we are the world's largest producer of oil at 21 percent has caused significant harm to our farmers you know we're having rising fuel prices and input prices that are taxing our egg industry which already has thin margins and it starts there you know we have to get this right and get back to being an energy independent country because that lowers everything across the board and it's impacting as well all the supply chain issues that we're seeing with biden's positions and policies there 
And so to me, and I talked about this in one of the candidate forums I did, what, what we do on a global stage and what the president is doing right now with this war on domestic oil production is trickling downhill and it's impacting every aspect of the egg industry. And because, as you mentioned, while we don't all produce, we all consume, we need to make sure that industry stays strong, our farming community and farmers are supported, and that they have the right support they need from Washington, you know, from Minnesota, in order to vibrantly thrive and grow their businesses to be able to feed the nation. My guest, Jennifer Carnahan, candidate for Minnesota's first district in a special election uh, on May 24th. And, of course, the special election on August 9th, which is also the primary in the state of Minnesota. Fascinating little twists and turns in this. Uh, Jennifer, thanks for joining me this morning. Thank you for having me. And her website, Jennifer Carnahan for Congress, all spelled out. Jennifer Carnahan for Congress.com. You can join me live on The David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon East, on Sirius XM Patriot 125.